Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Seth, and this is where Zach would say, and I'm Zach, and we would say, we're the Classic Gaming Brothers. Unfortunately, Zach is once again down for the count with an illness. Uh, he is not trapped in a closet like previous times where we left him in a, a side room or a closet or whatever that joke was in that other two episodes where he was absent. However, if we are, if you're playing the home game, that puts my absences at one and his at three, which is, this is the third. I did talk to him in his state of delirium, and we talked about me doing another lore episode, which I did back by myself when I covered the Mass Effect aliens, um, but I decided I was going to go and explore the vault while Zach was out of commission. So follow me now as I go into the vault to find an episode that we never aired. Now, the quality of the episode is so garbage that instead of subjecting you to that, which I feel like is actually part of the course of what we would do i'll actually just listen to it and i will talk about the episode and what could have been if we released it and i think it'll be also fun to think about the early days of classic gaming brothers all right now i'm gonna ride this elevator down to the vault uh the elevator that we have is a freight elevator so i apologize if it's a bit loud okay we're here let me head over to the vault and open the door. Okay, now let me retrieve the episode and then we'll use some movie magic and I'll be back in the studio and we'll talk about this episode. Now, this episode would have been released back around July of 2020. So it has been in the vault for three and a half years and it would have come out after our MMORPG episode and before our bootleg game episodes. And if you haven't gone back to listen to those episodes, episode 30 and 31, those are actually some pretty good episodes. So head on back in time and go listen to check out those episodes. They're definitely great, and I recommend a trip to the archive to check them out. So we recorded this episode that I'm about to regale you about and came to realize that the audio on Zach's end was not that great. Or he saved over it. Some Something happened, the audio was lost, and we had to do a different episode. So we did the bootleg game episode. So what I did was I had the raw audio data still saved on my computer, and I listened to it to try to reconstruct the episode for you to talk about what we would have talked about. So welcome to this episode, episode 215, an episode where I talk about episode 31, puzzle games. Isn't that a great, exciting topic? I wish we had something more exciting than puzzle games, but puzzle games are important to video games, so it's it's an important topic to talk about. Though not important enough for us to come back and cover it 200 episodes later, but we're here now, and that's all that matters. Now, one of the first things I wanted to mention listening to this episode is that I recall a joke that we used to say in the beginning of the show, which is always classic, sometimes classy, which is a great slogan. Maybe I'll get to put on a shirt. Maybe we'll use it again. But we also have to make a note that we are also always brothers. So even with Zach and his sickness right now, my thoughts are with him and hopefully he 
gets better. When we did our recently played section, Zach had talked about recently playing Barotrauma with me. Barotrauma, for those who don't know, is a game that takes place in the distant future on a submarine traversing the inhospitable oceans of Europa, which is one of Jupiter's moons. We've talked about this game a couple of times. We've also played this game on our Twitch stream. Now, the player uh, is assigned a job on the submarine and must coexist with other crewmen aboard the vessel. Barotrauma was released back in March of 2023 as version 1, which is in the future of the episode at this time, which would have been July 2020, but it was released in June of 2019 in Early Access. So that's what the game Zach and I would have been playing was the Early Access game. And this game was developed by Fake Fish and Undertow Games and published by Datalik Entertainment. I don't know if I've actually played Barrow Trauma since version one. And actually, probably not. I don't think I played it last year, which goes to show me that maybe we should go into the archive occasionally because maybe I'll check out Barrow Trauma version 1.0. So that's pretty exciting. Now, I had recently been playing Desperados 3, or as I like to call it, Desperados II. It's a Western tactical stealth game where you play as a posse and try to solve various scenarios with different characters who have different abilities. It was released by Mimi Games on June 16th of 2020, so it would have been a very new game And when I was talking about it during the episode. In fact, I think I talked about it as a, a byweight pass, and then I talked about recently playing it. And this is the episode where I talked about it being recently played. But you say to yourself, Seth, I heard you and Zach talk about Barrow Trauma and Desperados as you recently played. So what are you telling? I'm telling you that we took these recently played and we moved them to the next episode. (laughs) So that's what it was. We didn't record the bulk of the content, but we did keep our recently plays. Uh, So sometimes we, we do little maneuvers like that. Though... It does give me a chance to kind of think about Mimi Games and Desperados. Mimi Games, we we would go on to meet at PAX before Desperados came out. We met them at the 2019 PAX. I met them at 2019, I think. And then Zach and I would meet them at the 2020 PAX. Yeah, I think they had a playable version of it in 2020. And in 2019, I think they were just teasing it at that point in time. But unfortunately, Mimi would only go on to make one more game after Desperados 3, and that would be Shadow Gambit, The Cursed Crew, which is their first game that they would go on to publish by themselves. So the other games would go on, at least Desperados would get published by THQ. But if you like tactical stealth games, I definitely recommend their entire catalog, uh, starting with Shadow Tactics, Blades of the Shogun, going on to Desperados 3, and then finally Shadow Gambit. They're all great games. It's a great studio. I was heartbroken to hear that they were closing for good and i'll definitely keep an eye out where their developers and development crew go because the tactical stealth games are a great genre i love them but it's a very niche market unfortunately now after we talked about our recently played games uh we got into the topic of the week where we talked about puzzle games where we went to talk about various puzzle games hence the name puzzle games i recall while doing this episode my memories well i just listened to the episode well my side so my memories during this time, I'm remembering my memories in the memories section of this section of this podcast. And I recall while doing this episode that uh, my memories were playing Minesweeper and the joy I found with actually winning the game and getting the sun with a smiley face and the sunglasses, however infrequent that was. I also recalled the incredible Tune Machine game where you accomplish objectives using the items given to you and the environment to solve the objectives uh, with Sid and Al, the cat and mouse, Uh, that's actually the mouse and cat. And these style of games 
incredible tune machine, incredible machine. Both of those styles of games come off as simple in early levels, but as you move up, they become more complicated and the levels become more difficult, which plays into the fact that it's a game of skill. And I like that. I like the buildup as you get better and better as you and more complicated as the game goes on. Puzzle game. I also remembered that a lot of puzzle games were simple and that they could be played on many different things and many of us had played them out of boredom such as snake and playing snake on like a ti-89 calculator which i think is somewhere where puzzle games kind of live in that they live in sometimes this area where people would play them because it was something to do where i think that our technology has advanced so much so fast so recently that i think now if you're especially a gamer instead of playing maybe a simple puzzle game on your nokia like playing snake uh you can play a brand new final fantasy game or like you can play like uh, a roguelike game or you can play something that's a little more advanced because we're all carrying around miniature computers in our pockets now in that same vein i believe that a there are still people who gravitate towards games like candy crush and also that the puzzle games themselves have also gone with the time and become more and more complicated and more advanced and and more graphically uh intense and we'll kind of talk about that as we go through the the era of the puzzle game Now, I don't remember what Zachary's memories were, and he didn't provide any of his audio, so that's going to be that. Most of this episode, just for simplicity's sake, I'll just be covering kind of the history and some standout puzzle games throughout. Uh, I won't go off into different tangents about different genres of puzzle games, and and maybe we'll save some very specific puzzle games we'll we'll save for uh, a later episode or a current episode, because I believe I'm not going to talk a lot about Tetris because we cover Tetris at some time in our past. Uh, We actually cover Tetris in episode 132, where we talk about Tenjin and Tetris, the Soviet mind game. So if you're interested in learning more about Tetris, you can go to that episode or watch a, like, I think Netflix has a show on it as well. So, or you can watch that, get all your Tetris information that you want. But for specifically us talking about Tetris, I won't talk about it a lot in this episode. It's obviously a puzzle game, but we do have an episode dedicated to it, episode 1. 132 specifically tetris the soviet mind game (laughs) and check out that episode if you want to hear more now humanity itself has been making puzzle type games for quite some time with the earliest jigsaw puzzle being invented around the 1760s however puzzler type games have been around since the dawn of age people have always been doing logic type games for quite some time now puzzles like jigsaw puzzles and puzzle games are two different things right a puzzle Jigsaw is a game where uh, you have a picture and it's cut up into a lot of different pieces and you put them together to make a puzzle, right? A puzzle game is a broad genre of games where the core gameplay is solving puzzles. These puzzles could be actually jigsaw puzzles. They have puzzle games where they're puzzles to be solved, but they can also be logic problems, recognizing patterns, solving sequences, and because they are video games, many of the puzzle video games require you to solve these things in real time with consequences. So if you think of Tetris, where if you don't think fast enough, you'll quickly lose the game, which makes a 
puzzle a bit more intense than sitting around a fire doing a jigsaw puzzle at your leisure over the course of hours, weeks, or days. Whereas a Tetris says you have to figure out this puzzle quickly, and if you don't, you lose. Now, puzzle video games owe their origins to brain teasers that were invented throughout the course of human history, like games like Nim, which was a mathematical game about removing objects, with the objective being either the last person to take everything or forcing the other person to be the last person to take everything. There's also games like Hangman, where you have to guess the letter. If you don't guess the letter right, uh, a little part of the man that gets hung is displayed. These games would be able to be implemented on early computers, and they were simple to code. I mean, I'm sure they were complicated at the time to code, but they were simple enough to code, and they were fun. So or even early computer hardware had these type of games. Now, in 1980, Universal Entertainment would go on to release Space Panic in arcades, which is a puzzle platformer game where you move around digging holes and trying to get aliens to fall into them. There were ladders you could climb up, and the game was situated so that the screen that you played on was vertical, and it was all on one screen. Green. It kind of looked like Donkey Kong with the ladders, except your character couldn't jump around. And it was originally labeled a climbing game, but would go on to get reclassified as a platform game as the genre got developed. It would also be very successful in Japan, but that particular arcade cabinet wouldn't be that successful in the U.S. It was actually not that well known. However, it would inspire a game known as Load Runner, which was very successful, and that would get released by Broderbun in 1983. It was developed by Doug Smith. Now, Load Runner and Space Panic, uh, history would go back and look at both of those games and classify them as puzzle platform games. And thus, the genre of puzzle platform games was born. And you could probably think of a number of puzzle platformer games just off the top of your head. There are other puzzle games that weren't puzzle platform games that came out during this time, like games like Blockbuster, which was done by Alan Greisimer and Stephen Bradshaw. They released on the 8-bit Atari in 1981. It's a computerized version of a Rubik's Cube. There was also Snark Hunt, which makes me think of the Thundercats uh, schnark, but anyway... <laughs> I don't even know what a schnark is. That also released on the 8-bit Atari and in 1982. It's a one-day player strategy game where you must find schnarks hidden on the board, firing beams and using deduction based on how the beam reacts across the board. It was essentially Black Box, the board game, on the computer. And Black Box, the board game, also got its own version on the BBC Micro, which was a game where you have a box and you have to try and locate things by shooting essentially lasers across of it. Another style of game that started to show up was Sokoban. Now, the original cart-pushing game would go on to be released in 1982 and have one million sequels. It's all about pushing boxes around a warehouse to get them into the right storage location. Sokoban puzzles and puzzle games are extremely popular, especially in Japan, and the original Sokoban was designed by Hiroyuki Imbayashi, and whenever I think of Sokoban puzzles, I think personally of Chip's Challenge, which I think we talked about in a later episode, maybe when we talked about Apogee. I think we have, a, we have an Apogee episode where I think we talk about Chip's Challenge. Hey everybody, this is Zach from the future, and uh, Seth is kind of an idiot and shouldn't be able to do episodes on his own. Apogee has nothing to do with Chip's Challenge. He's thinking of how we mentioned it in various recently plays. We actually have never done an episode on Chip's Challenge. Maybe we will. Anyway, Back to this dumpster fire of an episode. If any point in time in a game where you have to move like a crate to get it into a location in order to clear a path, that's Sokoban. It's what it is. It's where it came from. Um, and those type of puzzle games, very popular. Now, 
1984, we would see the release of Boulder Dash, where the goal in the game is to collect diamonds while voiding or exploiting rocks that fall when the dirt beneath them is removed, leading to a number of clone games categorized as rocks and diamond games. 1985, the game Same Game, originally released under the name Chain Shot, developed by Kunakai Morabi, was developed. Now Same Game is played on a rectangular field, typically filled with four or five kinds of blocks placed randomly. If you select colors that are joining, then the blocks will get removed. If there are blocks above the removed blocks, then the blocks above will fall. The goal is to remove as many blocks from the field as possible. Some versions of the game will also add challenges where the field kind of gets smushed either up or down or having a timer or both. Uh, 1986, Uncle Henry's Nuclear Waste Dump would go on to be released, which was very similar to Tetris, even though it was published before Tetris, before Tetris reached the USA, and instead of blocks like in Tetris, there was containers of nuclear waste. It was developed originally by James Haig, and it just looks like a fun little pre-Tetris, possibly post-Tetris seeing thoughts game where... You have to stack nuclear waste or else, you know, you don't want your nuclear waste to overflow. That would wrap up the 80s. And in 1990, as part of Microsoft Entertainment Pack number one, Minesweeper would be released sometimes known as Flower Field. The game was created by Kurt Johnson originally for IBM's OS2 and would get ported to Microsoft Windows by Robert Donner and would go on to be one of the classic games of The Office as it would be included standard with Windows 3.1 and would stay standard until Windows Vista, which means if you were a working office drone, you could play some Minesweeper to pass some time between TPS reports because it was standard installed on the computer. And which is why Minesweeper and Solitaire and a Free Cell, those games all became very popular because they're something that people could do while they were bored in the office. Anything that you can do not doing work is definitely something that is positive. And in this time, you could play it and There weren't any way that people would know that you would be playing these games, except if you didn't do your work or if your boss saw you playing it. It's not like they had tracking software like they have today. Now, in 1991, we would see the release of Lemmings, developed by DMA Designed. Yes, the company that would become Rockstar and would get published by Psygnosis. It involves a series of creatures who mindlessly walk into deadly situations, and your job as the player was to guide the swarm of creatures to safe destinations. And we have an episode out there regarding Rockstar where we talk more about Lemmings. Um, Maybe we can do another episode where we talk more about it in depth, but um, I think that episode covers it pretty thoroughly. And I think the episode that we talk about it is in British Invasion. I'm not exactly sure. In uh, 1994, the rise of Mahjong video games from Asia would be gaining traction and everyone will have turned in their solitaire hands to start playing the 144 Chinese tile game where you draw and discard tiles to create various combinations for points is where we start to see the rise of it. And I think it's still pretty popular, especially in casinos. 2001, the company PopCap Games would go on to release Bejeweled, which was a graphically enhanced clone of a 1994 MS-DOS video game by the name of Shariki. And in this game, the player had to touch groups of three or more jewels on a grid, which would cause them to disappear and have them replaced with new stones. This match three mechanic would be the foundation for games like Candy Crush Saga, 
and Puzzle and Dragons, which both would go on to be released in 2012. 2007 brought the release of Portal, and since then there has been quite the rise of popularity when it comes to physics-based logic game puzzles, such as Braid, The Talos Principle, which now is a sequel since the original recording of this episode, and The Witness. So that's kind of what we covered throughout the original puzzle episode. We we talked about these various puzzle games, and we talked about how puzzle games influence the culture of gaming. I feel like I personally like puzzle games. I especially like puzzle games that I can play with a friend. I think I would be doing a disservice if I didn't mention the We Survive series of puzzle games. I think they have three or four games that are all like We Survive either together or some iteration of that. You play it as two people and you have to play with somebody else and you see one side of the puzzle and your friend sees the other side of the puzzle and through verbal communication you have to solve the puzzle and it is wild just having someone describe you a puzzle poorly is probably the funniest thing that I have experienced. And I have one friend that I, we have played through at least one of the We Survive Together games, and we we're midway through the one of the the second ones. We'll probably pick up the third one or whatever one we need to pick up to continue the series. Um, after we finish this, the one that we're on, it's just a great time sitting down and working through puzzles together. So if you like puzzles and you have one friend, just one friend, check out the We Survive series it's definitely a series that i really enjoy playing and uh, have to really get back to playing in the 2024 year with my my friend uh ryan who's a friend of the show because that's who we who i play we survive together with i don't play with zach because he wouldn't help me out even if i was stuck in some trouble hey everyone again it's zach from the future uh seth is really doing his best here uh he is actually talking about the We Were Here series of games, not We Survived Together. I promise I'm never taking another sick day again. Now, we wrapped the episode up at this point in time. Since it was an early episode for us, being back in the 30s, this is when we would do our Byway Pass, which is convenient because Zach's not here, so we don't have to talk about the Retro Rewind. So keep remembering what we were tasked with playing from the last episode. We'll talk about that in the following Sunday after this episode. And that Byway Pass section, Zach talked about Star Wars Squadrons, which would go on to be developed by Motive Studios and was set to release later that same year of the recording of October 2nd, 2020. Uh, He wanted to buy it in the game you play as two different pilots, either a pilot for the New Republic Vanguard Squadron or the Empire's Titan Squadron. Zach would go on to buy this game and he would enjoy it. I have yet to play this game, so maybe I'll look forward to buying this game in 2024. We'll see. I believe Zach had it on the VR too, like the PlayStation VR, so I think that is how the game is best played. Anyway, my buy weight pass for this episode was Empire of Sin, which I said that I would buy it. I ultimately did buy it. Uh, It was also released later that year from recording, December 1st, 2020. Uh, The game is a strategy game that puts you at the heart of a ruthless criminal underworld of 1920s Prohibition Chicago. Now, at this time of this recording, I've played about three hours of the game. It's okay. I think I talked about this game in another episode after I I think it was a recently played, but it ended up just not really being my speed. It had some bugs. I may have to give it another shake, but it looks like the game is one of those games. If it's on sale, it's a good buy. But if it's full priced, just wait. Anyway, 
thanks for letting listening to me ramble on without Zach here. I apologize for the shorter episode, but we still wanted to make sure that you guys had something on your Sunday episode. By the second episode of 2024, we're not going to break our streak. So we wanted to have something even if it was a short episode like this one, and it's just me rambling. Hopefully Zach will be feeling uh, better soon. And if not, maybe I'll regale you with the other lost episode that we had, which I... To, for the life of me right now have completely forgotten what it was about but we definitely had another episode that we lost because we had two lost episodes and one was puzzle games and that was this episode so now this episode is vaguely not lost i'm not exactly sure what the other lost episode was about but we'll think about it uh now if you want to follow us on uh social media to learn more about when we release episodes where both of us talk. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitch at Classic Gaming Brothers. You can also email us to tell us how horrible you just don't like it whenever I do an episode by myself. And that's uh, you can email ClassicGamingBrothers at gmail.com. Finally, if you want to listen to more episodes, specifically episodes with the other brother, uh, you can listen to us wherever podcast episodes are listened to. And I think uh, we will try to make it a habit to have a prepared episode just in case one of us gets sick again. It's been, to be honest, we started in 2019. It's now 2024. And we've had four episodes where the brothers were not together. So I think that's a pretty good track record. It's like one a year almost. So no one's allowed to call out sick for the rest of this year. And maybe one of us can be sick in 2025. Anyway, I've been Seth And since Zach is editing this, maybe he'll just cut in our usual outro, or at least he'll say maybe, I've been Zach. I've been Zach. And together, we've been the Classic Gaming Brothers, and that's right. Right.